Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bob, whatever or whoever you think is to blame for this, this is a violation, so I think you have to answer to that. Oh, it's a gut punch. It's a real gut punch every day. Now they're telling me I have to race girl horses, too. <laughs> Even though they rarely win and they're not as funny as male horses. It's not fair. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Listen, you can't even make a living anymore, Conan. This Gen Z cancel culture woke mob. I mean, they're, they're costing me a fortune in my other businesses, too. Cockfighting, dogfighting, bumfighting, cock on bum fights, dog on cock fights, bum on horse versus dog on jockey fights. Okay, you know what? I, we get it. <laughs> Conan oh O'Brien interviewing the trainer for the Kentucky Derby winning horse who was the, cheating. The famous Bob Baffert, the greatest <laughs> name in the sport. That's it. Bye. That's why. <laughs> has a striking resemblance to a character from the Eastbound and Down show that uh, the internet had a lot of fun with. Uh, the character played by Will Ferrell, so there was a lot of side-by-sides of a gray-haired <laughs> Will Ferrell and this guy. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, that's, that a, that's was, a funny bit. That was pretty funny. There's only 24 more seconds of it that we haven't played. Should we hear that one? And yeah, then we'll move on yeah. with our lives. Yeah, why not? Horse racing legend Bob Baffert. Cancel this. It's cancel that. Next thing you know, jockeys will want to be recognized as humans. Jockeys are humans. <laughs> don't keep a human in a cage and feed him pine cones. <laughs> Wait, is that what you do? Pine cones are in season. Yes. Look, that's insane. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Is there more? That is classic Conan O'Brien right there. If you've been watching Conan all the years, that's classic (laughs) middle of the night. You feel like you're the only one in America watching Conan O'Brien. Oh, man, I've missed it all these years. I love Conan. (laughs) He 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 is fantastic. That's hilarious. Well, I Jockeys are humans. Yeah, you don't keep humans in cages and feed them pine cones. <laughs> oh, oh Lord! Oh, that's funny. Oh, I finally understand why they're they're mad about them uh, giving the anti-inflammatories to the horses. Mm-hmm. The long and short of it is, if a horse is in pain, its body is telling it don't run. And you can't mask their pain to make them run. We do that because then the horse is going to bust a leg and kill a jockey, and you have to shoot the horse and the rest yeah. of it. We do that with uh, NFL players. I realize they decide on their own to do that, as opposed to a horse. But uh, yeah, I think that's the fundamental question right there. But uh, yeah, and F- NFL players do that all the time. Your body is screaming at you: "Don't walk on that foot because it's in terrible, terrible shape." Right. Numb me up so I can't tell. Right. Yeah. And exactly. I'll limp the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is really interesting on a couple of different levels. Number one, the president is an old guy who has no idea what he's talking about. I mean, that is interesting in and of itself. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I, 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 anyway. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get myself together. You feed the jockeys pine cones <laughs> when they're in season. <laughs> hey, Sean, if you can come up with more of that bit, we'll play it. I mean, that's... Oh. Holy cow, that's laugh out loud. So uh, we decided to talk to the horse's trainer himself, horse racing legend, Bob Baffert. Uh, Hey there, Bob. How you doing? Not too well, Conan. I was wronged. I feel aggrieved. It's a real gut punch. We did not give this drug to our horse. Rules are rules and steroids are illegal, Bob. Everything's illegal with the woke mob. I mean, I had to change the names of three of my horses. Sweet Sir Farts a lot. Carpet, you believe that? (laughs) 
I don't even know what the first one was. I, I don't know, but not something we if... could air, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Anyway, back to old man Joe uh, Biden. What did oh, he do? Yeah. The president's a confused old man who has no idea what he's talking about. Perhaps more interesting is that MSNBC, or MSN, I should say, is uh, redistributing a CNN article fact-checking old man Biden. So evidently, there's some shred of journalism left in journalism. Uh, but they, they go through a number of the things he said in his speech at the White House uh, at the end of last week. It was right after we went off the air on Friday, as I recall. But Biden claimed that the last five leaders of the Fed, oh, well, I'll give you the direct quote. And by the way, you saw, you know, the, the last five leaders of the Fed coming out and saying, what'd they say? They said Biden's plan is going to grow the economy. Well, and the fact checker people, and I hate fact checking. It's generally just opinion giving, but they say, no, Biden's plan is false. There are only three living leaders of the Federal Reserve. Um, so five of them didn't say anything. It was actually five former heads of the IRS, and they didn't say anything about how the plan would affect economic growth. They were talking about a tax thing. Um, that we'll be able to collect more taxes if Biden gives money to the IRS. How much? How how often did he get away with that back in the day before it was more difficult to fact check these sorts of things? Mm-hmm. And before you're president, when nobody cares, when you're just a senator or whatever, just yeah, uh, politicians do this all the time. They just they just make stuff up. Right, right. And they say, even if this was an accidental mix-up by Biden, it was a substantial mix-up. A positive economic forecast from former tax chiefs is almost certain. Well, blah blah blah. That's not important, but. Biden claimed that uh, uh, CEOs now make 456 times the average employee or the low-level employee. They point out, no, it's not 456. It's generally agreed upon. It's about 350 times, which is still crazy to me. Um, Then he said a misleading job claim is back. On May the 2nd, we pointed out that Biden's team had stopped wrongly claiming that their economic plan would create 19 million jobs, according to Moody's. I mean, that's this is old, old news. We all went through this. But Biden was back to it on a speech at the end of the week. He said all the economists, including the liberal as well as conservative think tanks, point out what we'll create when we pass this jobs plan. We'll create up to 16 million good paying jobs. And the liberal network, oh, you have Moody's talking about increasing it up to, I don't know what the most recent one is, 16 million new jobs. And they say, no, 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 nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that at all. It was it was inaccurate when he said it the first time, and it's inexplicable that he's gone back to it. Um, they go on. There was a bunch of other Does things he, he claimed. So he just makes stuff up. I mean, so... You know, when Trump did things like that, it would lead the news on Brian Williams on NBC. More lies from the president. Washington Post with now 50,000 lies, whatever. Uh, not as much interest when Joe Biden does it. But I think everybody knew how the Trump thing worked, probably. You know, who's who's going to go tell Donald Trump, hey, that thing you said is not accurate or whatever. Uh-huh. Is, does, does Biden not have people who are going to say, hey, you, you, mu- you must be mixed up on something or you're thinking of something else. Um, wh- what you're saying is not true at all, and you're getting hit pretty hard in a couple of publications, so... Let's not repeat that. Does he not have people like around him like that, a chief of staff or whoever? I don't know. I, it, you would think he would, but it could be he just doesn't remember it or he's been winging it for so long and getting by on his, uh, you know, earnest uh, Pennsylvania charm that are, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. That seems crazy to me that you'd spout nonsense like that, but he is. And again, it's it's notable, I think, that the media is paying attention to it. 
Uh, someday there'll be a book about the Trump White House that will be really interesting. Someday there'll be a book about the Biden White House that's going to be interesting. I, I guarantee you there are stories of senior moments that will spin your head around. Oh, from yeah, the scary. Cam- from the campaign and, and his presidency that'll be like, oh, my God. You know, and then then he walked out of the room, and everybody at the meeting was like, "What did he just say? Is he okay?" I guarantee you, mm-hmm. there are moments like that. Not yeah. a joke. A semi-related uh, note: government, pandemic, etc. It is absolutely known by employers that a lot of people are not working because the benefits are generous and they're they're making more money at home, or not. They wouldn't make enough more to work to make it worth it. And so there's a huge labor shortage all across America right now. And the intelligentsia are denying that it has anything to do with the benefits, which is just idiotic. But a uh, another governor stepped forward. Governor Kay Ivey of Alabama said, uh, there are no industry shutdowns in our state. Daycares are operating with no restrictions. Vaccines are available for all adults. Alabama is giving the federal government our 30-day notice. It's time to get back to work. We are out of the additional uh, pandemic benefits as of June 19th. So it's a growing trend. Well, and the Biden administration specifically said yesterday, you can't use a vague, I'm scared of COVID reason for not taking a job, and you need to be searching for work. Again, I don't know how you enforce that. Um, we've gotten lots of texts from people who say, yeah, we're getting all kinds of applications. Nobody shows up for the interview, or people show up for the interview. They don't show up for the job, even if we hire them. So I think there's a lot of people that are going through the motions. Whatever pretty obvious what's happening there i think yeah as far as enforcement mechanisms go i can't um, no. i don't know no, somebody'd I, have to report you specifically yeah only well, they'd have to be able to read your mind to a certain extent too yeah that's a good point i mean especially if it was i gave the example earlier of a, a, a gent i know who runs a business and they told uh, several of their staffers hey it's time to come on back we're, we're wide open let's do some business and they said no we're making too much money on uh unemployment they literally said that yeah. and and my employer buddy they weren't going to call the state and and call them out on it they just didn't want to they didn't they felt no need to call the cops in essence but if that's a known quantity that's a person who used to work there if it's what you were talking about somebody who shows up applies which is practically a miracle these days and you say great you're hired start monday and they don't show up monday what are you going to call the state about this person who you've met once and hired right you're not going to bother you're busy you have other things to do how long do you have to be on hold do you suppose, to report that sort of thing before you figure out who you're supposed to talk to. Right. That's a good point. Um, people's ability, human beings' ability to fool themselves. We all know that we've got that, right? To convince ourselves of various things. A new, sure. new yep. study about wine tasting that's kind of interesting if you extrapolate it to other things. Among topics we can get to uh, this hour, I feel like we need to do check-in on... Uh, uh, Israel, China, Afghanistan, maybe again. What's going on there? Man, the Taliban, not wait until we leave before they start getting really, really brutal there in Afghanistan. Ugh. It's 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 inhuman. It what's is happening there? Medieval. Yeah. It's medieval. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
We'll check in on the border here coming up next segment of the show. Uh, still a lot of people crossing the border every single night, every single day. Oh, yeah, by the thousands, they're just pouring into the country. Yeah. Border's closed. That's the message. You're not coming in. Except they are by the thousands, you lying liars. Um, I find this really, really interesting, but not for, and I don't, but I don't use it the reasons it gets used all the time. So it's a, um, they did a, uh, a PhD student did a study of, of wine tasting. And what he did was he had 54 wine science students at a prestigious university tasting wine. Uh, red wine and white wine, but he dyed a white wine red. And um, uh, the long and short of it is the uh, students um, reported uh, the white wine and using words you generally use to describe white wines, but the, the other white wine that was dyed red using words that you generally use to describe red wines. Hmm. And none of them um, said, well, this is a white wine. And uh, so some people use this study as a way to a wine tasting stupid, but uh, I think smarter people uh, look at it from a how, how just how interesting it is that our that our we go into something with a, with an idea and how much our brain takes over in 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 forming our perceptions on that. And I mentioned earlier sure. the other famous study, kind of a similar thing. And this was a very long, detailed study because I'm a guy who owns some like pretty nice musical instruments. And so I, I went deep in the research of this thing. Really, is this true? Of having a top violinists play the, 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 the legendary Stradivarius violins that are worth between $1 and $10 million, depending on which ones you have. Some of the greatest violinists in the world will only play a Strad because it's the only thing that could give them the sound they want. But when they had these uh, expert players play that versus... You know, a $10,000, a really good, but not made from 500-year-old wood or any of that sort of stuff, violin. It's all about the resin he used, the resin. Exactly. They couldn't tell the difference and, in many cases, chose the newer one versus the older one. And I just find that interesting that, um, because I've got some musical instruments that I swear to God sound better than others, but... How much of that is my perception? The same with wine, Um, whether, you know, you buy a new pair of... I don't know, dress shoes that are supposed to be more comfortable and they are, or your bed or just all kinds of things. Your, your car being quieter because I don't know. Some of it is true, obviously, but how much of it is our perception or our belief going in? I have no idea. And it makes me, I don't know, it makes me question everything. Yeah. I think we're talking about a couple of different phenomena. However, in the first, the first, the wine thing, I think what you did is you presented people with cognitive dissonance. You told them something that was not true. You gave them a red wine that wasn't a red wine. If I'm a pizza... And their brain tried to sort it out. If I'm a pizza expert, and I go to a pizza study thing, and they give me a bowling ball, I don't tell them how delicious the pepperoni is on the bowling ball. That's an excellent point, crazy person. Somebody cuff him. Um... Now, I was reminded of a study that I read about in college where they had people um, tasting uh, lollipops, suckers, uh-huh. whatever you want to call them, and they switched the colors uh, to the different flavors. And people near 100% reported the flavor that was the color, not the flavor that they tasted in their mouth. Now, you can't tell me that's because of the pretensions of lollipop eaters. 
That's just, it's cognitive dissonance. It's our brain playing tricks on us. It has nothing to do with pretensions or anything like that. Now, the Stradivarius thing, that's an, another question and a really interesting one. Um, do we just root for what we want to be true, to yes, be true hard enough that... It, in well, some cases, yeah. And then, is it true though? So, if I am, uh, if I, if I believe a Strad sounds better than another violin, and I'm listening to someone play, and it does sound better, then in what way am I wrong? Is it the placebo effect? Yeah, exactly. Which is real. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so, so it sounds better to me. So, how did I lose here? <laughs> I, that, that's what I'm asking. And listen, there is a lot of pretentious, phony snobbery in wine. I a hundred percent. We'll tell you that there is in it's, musical instruments too, and lots of things. Uh, you know, the the feel right, of sure. the cloth or whatever. Yeah, and as a, as a wine uh, enthusiast, uh, that's absolutely true. But we got this note from the always interesting Mark in San Francisco. It says, and this is a classic. I had a friend who did a lot of entertaining. He loved to occasionally refill bottles that contained premium, expensive wines with supermarket jug wines because it so amused him to regularly see his guests savor and praise the wines from the bottle. I did that. He wasn't cruel. In my twenties. He wasn't cruel about it. He didn't tell them about it. He just privately marveled at how predictable people's reactions were. Well, I would say your friend was asking, uh, that's the wrong answer. If I go to somebody's house and they serve me what appears to be a very good expensive wine, I'm not going to say, hey, your wine is ass. I'm going to (laughs) say, oh, this is terrific. Wow, thanks. Yeah, really nice wine. Just it's social graces. You did that with call them out. You did that with vodka, Sean. Oh yeah, yeah. I kept the bottle of goose in the freeze, and then whatever plastic bottles at the Rite Aid were on sale, I'd fill it up with. Well, that's just being thrifty. <laughs> that's just being smart. It's vodka for crying out loud. Pop right. off for the win. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Looking at the news from around the world. Ugly what's going on in Afghanistan. Oh, please. It's the world capital of ugly. I, Overlooking Syria. And what's happening Yemen. in the Middle East is getting no reaction out of me. It just seems like the same thing that had been going on since I was born. Or, you know, going way before that, if you want to go that far back and just be another round, and it'll flare up for a while and it'll go away, it'd be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess you're right, you know, depending on which part of the region you're looking at. But And then uh, we were shooting at Iran yesterday, and Iran was shooting at our boats out there in the water. So, In other news, the Pfizer vaccine has been uh, approved for your youngsters aged 12 to 15, I think. Uh, child. Young teens, but who's going to take it? How many people will take it? We have numbers on that now. Paul well, is Only out. a third of parents say they're in any hurry whatsoever to get their kid the vaccine. I'm not in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll deal with that. Meanwhile, and it's not getting any attention because you can't kick Donald Trump anymore. Uh, the border is completely melting down. Bill Malugan was on Tucker Carlson's show uh, last night talking about the, the current situation. The Biden administration is claiming that the border, it's not open. But I can tell you that just does not match up with what we've been witnessing on the ground here uh, in Del Rio, Texas. The last three days in a row, like clockwork, we've witnessed migrants in large groups just crossing over the Rio Grande and illegally coming into the United States. This was one of the biggest groups we've personally witnessed. This was a group of 52 Venezuelans who came across when the river was running a little bit lower. Some of them had young children. Some of them had infants with them. We talked to some of them. They told us they were coming to you know, flee what was going on. 
in Venezuela. But the problem is local border patrol here, they are so stretched thin, they cannot handle this. They've been apprehending more than 700 migrants every single day. And what you see happening in the video is local law enforcement are the ones having to sort through these migrants until border patrol gets there. Local sheriff's deputies and local state troopers. You're a local local rural sheriff and you're dealing with a job the federal government one of the very few things even libertarians agree it's the federal government's job yeah that's that report and there's more to it it's extraordinary in a couple of ways number one you got it, uh, venezuelans by the thousands pouring across the border i thought it was the uh, northern triangle and, and the only reason people are coming is because of conditions in the Northern Triangle, we got to give them money. Blah, blah. Okay, it's Venezuela. Secondly, uh, how about you woke college kids explain to those Venezuelans that we're going to try socialism here and see if you don't get beat down? Uh, just unbelievable. Uh, I had another point to make. Well, I'll think of it while we listen to uh, the first voice you're going to hear is a local Texas sheriff as the report continues. 61. It's tying up our resources. It's frustrating because there's no that, no answers that are being given there's not a there's not i don't believe that there's a plan in place uh right now you know we need more manpower we need people in dc to make a decision uh do it uh, do their job now the sheriff has lived here in valverde county here in del rio his entire life and he told us that he has never seen the immigration situation this bad ever and just to put it in perspective for you yesterday alone border patrol tells us they apprehended more than 900 migrants right here in just one day is there a more porous border among among a first world country in the world? I don't. I'm not aware of it. I don't. I don't know. But what a terrible, terrible misstep! Just knee jerk, undoing everything the Trump administration had done. What a childish thing to do. Even if you hated some of the policies, come on, you can buy off the media by saying, "Oh yeah, it's our highest priority to rework our entire border procedures, and we are going to get to work on day one." Blah blah blah. And you take a careful look at what's working and what's not. Terrible misstep. Joe Biden is a dummy. That's another way to put it. Tom Cruise has mailed back his Golden Globes. How many he got? Mm. Bunch. Golden Globes is taking it right now for some reason. NBC has dropped the awards show. As Netflix, Amazon, and Warner Media boycott the Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, because well, the, they don't like them. The L.A. Times reported the other day that they got zero black people in their organization. So everybody <gasps> and they just reacted with shock and horror. Plus, there's a bit of a, a scandal where uh, it's it's starting to look like the Olympic Committee, where you have little outings, a little uh, jaunts to, to go see the movie. Why don't we show you the movie in Paris? I mean, for instance, and it's uh, looking a little scammy. Uh, NBC said it might start returning to airing the Golden Globes in 2023 because they have a deal with them if the organization diversifies. As long as they're going to be as male and white as they are, they're not going to air it anymore, and uh, some actors and actresses and directors are sending their Golden Globes back. Well, it's the only awards show worth watching, but I don't think really any of them are really worth watching. Sometimes the comedy's kind of funny. I was trying to do a little digging to figure out what sort of tentacles uh, China has into the Hollywood foreign press, just because they are just kind of this uh, secret cabal of nobody really knows who who decides on the these award shows. Yeah, and they are involved, but I wasn't able to figure out by how much. And I'm curious if this uh, is maybe the wedge that begins the the separation of those two. 
box office returns countries sort of thing. I don't know. But I, I, that's where my mind went when I saw this. And I, I did a little research, but came up slightly empty. But they are connected in some way. All these award shows are eating themselves, though, as the, yeah. the interest in them goes down the toilet and more, less, oh, yeah. less less people watch. And this will be a blow to the Golden Globes in terms of people giving a damn. And Okay. The Don't. Golden Globes, it sounds so impressive and significant. It's a few dozen foreign movie writers. Who gives a crap? I mean, come on. Um, it does turn you on to good stuff to watch. I will freely admit that. But, like, it matters? No, it doesn't matter. So I, I task Sean with listening to Susan Collins grilling the CDC director. Do you, do you happen to listen to that, Sean? Is that worth playing when we come back? Uh, still uh, running tape okay. on it yet. I, I, I'll have to dive in to see okay. what was actually said. She asked the director of the CDC, Walensky, is that her name? Yeah. Um, uh, about the story in the New York Times today. Because the New York Times taking on the CDC and saying that whole outdoor transmission of COVID stat you're running with is completely bogus. If you haven't heard that, it's worth hearing. And this is from the New York Times, of all places. We'll hit you with that next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So piggybacking on what we were just talking about, about the border, New York Post has this article. Um, this old farmer and his wife, they uh, he farms onions there in Texas. He's been there forever, right on the Rio Grande. He said it's never been this bad, and he found five little girls crawling through the brush Oh. On his farm yesterday in 100-degree heat, he said they would have absolutely died. One of the little girls, too young to walk, she was crawling. Whoa, no. Um, they were all under the age of seven. Five little girls under the age of seven crawling through, you know, brush and rock and everything like that in the desert heat. And he said he's never seen anything like this, and it needs to stop, and somebody needs to do something about it. Yeah. This is a nightmare. It's it a humanitarian is. nightmare. He said a lot of people are going to die this summer as it gets hotter if this keeps up. Man, that's brutal. He got them to shade and got them water and everything like that and called authorities. But, oh, if he hadn't happened upon them, they probably all five would have died. It's certainly possible, yeah. Uh-huh. He's what a terrible story. And not getting enough attention from the press. A lot of them coming from Venezuela. Now. So, and who's the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Anyway. Oh, boy. Anyway. Owen, Owen, too. (laughs) Anyway, Owen, too. So this just happened a little bit ago. I don't know what's in this clip because I haven't heard it yet. This is uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine questioning the director of the CDC about a story that came out in the New York Times today that we talked about earlier. So I don't know what she's what's going to be in this question. Answer will fill in any gaps. Um afterwards i'd like you to respond to why the cdc is not following the standard procedures why it's having offline secret negotiations with one stakeholder that was revealed only through reporting and a foia request why it is exaggerating outdoor transmission we know that masks make a big difference indoors. They don't outdoors. 
With regard to the New York Times piece this morning, there's a meta-analysis from Journal of Infectious Diseases that was published in November, I believe, where the top-line result of all, all studies that were included in the systematic review said less than 10% of cases were um, transmitted outdoors. It is that meta-analysis that combines science from all sorts of, um, all different science from, from many different places. I think over 19 studies were included. The top-line result was less than 10%, published in the Journal of Infectious Diseases, one of our top infectious disease journals. Okay. That is where that came from. It was a published study that synthesized study from many places. Okay, I'll fill in the background on that then. This is from the New York Times, and this is their science writers looking into it. CDC continues to treat outdoor transmission as a major risk. The CDC says that unvaccinated people should wear masks in most outdoor settings, and vaccinated people should wear them in large public venues. Summer camps should require children to wear masks virtually at all times. These recommendations would be more grounded in science if anywhere close to 10%, as you just heard there, of COVID transmissions were occurring outdoors. But it is not, says the New York Times. There's not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions, such as walking past someone on a street or eating at a nearby table. So not only is it there's only a dozen of them in the entire world. No, they haven't come up with one time out of the gazillions of cases, not one time that somebody was able to transmit this outside in casual passing by. And yet you have the kids in masks out on a ball field. It's idiotic. To start the article in the New York Times today and talking to various scientists, um, how they went about this, it appears based partly on a misclassification of some COVID transmission that actually took place in enclosed spaces. Um, they get into the science of that. There were some enclosed spaces, although uh, outdoors, but people close together, you know, not exactly out, not like you're at the park or at a camp or something. Like Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry. Right. Well, wait, what time was the dinner? I think it was an early dinner. <laughs> and he should be fine. <laughs> um, the CDC went with 10%, a number so high that nobody could reasonably dispute it. That benchmark seems to be a huge exaggeration, says Dr. Sevick, a, viri- a virologist at the University of St. Andrews. In truth, the share of transmission that has occurred outdoors seems to be below 1%. It may be below 0.1%. Multiple epidemiologists told the New York Times, and the rare outdoor transmission that has happened almost all seem to have involved crowded places and close conversation. So saying that less than 10% of COVID transmission occurs outdoors is kind of like saying that sharks attack fewer than 20,000 swimmers a year. The actual number is 150. So saying (laughs) less than 20,000 is true, but it's incredibly deceiving. Right, and right. What say, assumption would you make? Uh, right. The obvious one. And as they say, there's no confirmed case of even it even happening one time. And even her, in that response but with Susan Collins, she said, oh, we're referencing a study that was published in November? That yeah. seems like a long time ago. That's seems like a lot odd. has changed since then. Yeah, I would agree. You know, when the story of COVID is written, if there's a good, solid, clear-eyed and even-handed author, it will not be a story primarily about uh, science and vaccinations, although that'll be a f- big factor. It'll be a story about tribalism. It'll be a story about panic, about misinformation, about d- 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 crazes. About bureaucracies and how they always go to their only job of protecting themselves. The CDC is trying to protect itself. Right, right. Hypercautiousness to the point of oppressive 
liberty-denying paranoia backed up by incredibly misleading statistics like the one we've been discussing. When the New York Times is saying, with Joe Biden's CDC, hey, come on, we got to call BS on this whole outdoor transmission thing, look. Catch me outside, how about that? And the CDC director sticking to her guns there under questioning. That was a published story. That was the top line result. Yeah, but it's it's the fact which lies. It's the misleading truth. That's unbelievable. Uh, definitely less than 10% of people who step on a ball field are killed by lightning. Definitely less than 10%. Every parent in America is like, what? Wait a minute, what? Yeah, it's it's one kid a year. So if you so less than ten percent though, if your geez. kid is wearing a mask at recess or a mask at little league or is going to have to wear a mask outdoor at camps this year, there's just no reason for it whatsoever. Now, why is this important? The the one of the reasons it's important is if they're making the argument that people can't go back, that people aren't going back to work because they're scared of COVID. The government is scaring people. So the government's now in the business of scaring people about COVID way out of proportion of the danger and giving people more money than they, than is a good idea. And that's why people aren't going back to work. So that's one of the, and it's another reason why schools aren't opening up and parents aren't sending their schools, their kids to school. Right. Because they're getting this overinflated idea of the danger of COVID from our misleading CDC. That's why it's important. and, And those are all democratic policies and they're all just piling reason upon reason why people are not going back to work and or school. And it's, it's notable that you have the New York Times calling them on it. It's gotten so egregious. The woke old gray lady is saying, well, saying bull ass. I love that. Did you hear the... <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're going with 10% when it's zero, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody on Earth. If it were 50,000 people on a planet of 8 billion, that's nothing. Spread out over a year, I still wouldn't justify making people wear masks outside. No, not even close. Catch me outside. There's the coronavirus there. The fact that you can't come up with a single one and people are still wearing masks outside? Come on now. I tell you what, humanity, what a dumb beast. Anyway, I'm on Team Pfizer, so I'm happy to say the Pfizer vaccine is expected to be authorized for children aged 12 to 15 within days. There you go. But only about a third of parents say they'd get it right away. There are quite a few say, I'm going to wait and see. There are quite a few say, why does the kids need it? They're not getting sick. Queens finally getting jabbed. Final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty are brought to you today by two ominous notes separated by six octaves. That's good. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. He presses the buttons in the control room. Our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, very early in the show I said I felt like being an entrepreneur um, there's also some kids that are setting up lemonade stands, you know, near my place, and I'm thinking about undercutting them on price. I think they're charging like a dollar. I'm gonna go seventy-five cents and see what yes. I can do. Teach them about the free market. Those little punks. Positive Sean is our producer, and he has a final thought. Sean, yeah, my favorite tweet of the day. Hi, can you explain this gap in your employment history? Oh, sure. That's the only time I've been happy in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Jack, you're the co-host of the dang thing. What's your final thought? Who remembers why I signed up for HBO Max? 
the streaming thing. What show made me do that? Does anybody remember? You originally subscribed to HBO for The Sopranos. Yeah, but this HBO Max thing. Anyway, I just did it a couple of weeks ago for something. Anyway, the um, uh, the outcome has been they have all the Looney Tunes on HBO Max. Going back to the very first cartoons ever, and my kids have been working their way through, and it tells you the years, so you get to see 1930, 1935, whatever. Oh, wow. And they're freaking loving it. They just got out of black and white into color now. And they're huh. loving the old-timey Looney Tunes, which is interesting with a short attention span, you know, crowd like my kids. Yeah, I've got to seek that out. I love that idea. Uh, my uh, final thought also has to do with uh, media and entertainment. I'm looking through this uh, list of the greatest books of all time, which we've posted for you at armstrongandgetty.com. It includes the life and opinions of Tristram Shandy, gentlemen, which makes Proust look short-winded. It's nine volumes. That's funny. Nine doesn't say a total number of pages, or at least not that I saw, but your, your old-timey books when people had nothing else to do, <laughs> you can't have them on the list. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all of the Armstrong and Getty podcasts on demand, extra large, select cuts, one more thing, you name it, plus the great A&G swag store, including I'm Vaxxed, No Mask, Shirts. Oh, we have an extra large podcast with our favorite tax expert, Stephen Moskowitz. Uh, get some good tax hints on there. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Listen up, Jack Wagon. And we'll be back with more right after these words. My word for today would be pensive. Just action oriented. Decolonization. The back one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you dare to dance in the path of greatness. So. Let's go out with a bang. Mm. The Indians used every part of the buffalo. The hide, of course, for, for clothing. They used the bones to build the prisons. And the eyeballs were Christmas ornaments. <laughs> I did not know these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why you tune in the show to learn. Hey, you. On that high note, thank you all very much. <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty.